Thanks to everyone for coming out this Sunday evening in Spanish Fork, Utah. Thanks to those who download these talks as podcasts from iTunes. We invite your comments, correspondence, and feedback by emails at utahchristianists at gmail.com. We also like to thank those that have taken our membership class, which is on our website, utahchristians.org. Couldn't do what we do without your help and support. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder, Acharya, of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. If we find something humorous that relates to our topic, we usually start off by sharing it. So I heard about a fellow that was singing an opera, and he finished the opera, and from the balcony a voice shouted, Encore. He took the last part of it, and he sang it again. No sooner had he finished it, than again the voice chimed out, Encore. For a second time, he repeated and sang the last part of the aria. Again, a voice chimed out, encore. He held up his hands and he said, I'm, I'm extremely flattered. But even the great Pavarotti was never asked to sing three encores. I really feel I should pass on singing a third encore. So that same voice shouted out again from the balcony, you'll sing it and you'll keep singing it until you get it right. Is this going to be a really tough crowd this time? <laughs> well, that's better. <laughs> now, our subject matter is being a person of excellence. We live in a society in which mediocrity is the norm. Many, many people do as little as possible in order to just squeak by. They don't take pride in their work. They don't take pride in who they are or how they present themselves. When someone's watching, they may perform one way, but when nobody's watching, they're just as likely to cut corners and take the easy way out. Now, if we're not careful, we can get pulled into the same mentality, thinking it's okay to show up late for work, it's okay to not look our best, it's okay not to give it our all. I've learned that Krishna, God, doesn't bless mediocrity. He blesses excellence. When you have an excellent spirit, do the right thing, whether someone is watching or not. You go the extra mile, more than you're asked to or more than you have to. Others may go around gossiping, complaining about the company, about the boss, looking sloppy, cutting corners. But I'm here today to ask you not to sink down to that level. Well, true, everybody's doing it. Everybody slacks off at work when the boss is gone at my company. Everybody compromises at my school. Not everybody takes care of their yard in my neighborhood. Here's the key. You're not everybody. You're a cut above. You're called to be excellent. Krishna wants you to set the highest standard. In the Bhagavad Gita, when Arjuna falter steps from doing his duty, Krishna immediately jumps in and says, Anarya Jushta Mashvarkam, Akirti Kartam Arjuna. Says what you are suggesting, the compromise that you're considering, is the kinds of things that uncivilized, lower class people, Anarya, we've been misinformed that the meaning of Aryan is blonde hair and blue eyes. Aryan has nothing to do with genetic or race or skin color. Arya is the highest standard of civilized behavior. Anybody 
who does their duty no matter what the cost and is true to their own character and true to God in any race or any culture, from any background, at any time in the world, is an Aryan. And when Arjuna flirted with compromise, Krishna immediately accused him. An Arya is just a You are thinking and talking like a low-class person. Akirtim kartim Arjuna, and people will talk about your infamy. What Krishna is saying is that you of all people, as my personal associate, as an aspirant, God-conscious person, you should be the example. You should be that person that your company uses and points out as a model employee. Your boss should be able to say to the new hires, watch this person develop their skills, cultivate their habits. They are the cream of the crop. They're always on time. They always have a good attitude. They always do more than they have to. When you have a spirit of excellence, not only are you going to see promotion, but you're honoring God in the process. A lot of times we think, well, let's go to church, and we'll sing psalms, and we'll read scriptures. And that's good. Of course, that's honoring God. No question about that. But let's not box God up in church. We go to church, we're all pious and righteousness, and then Monday morning, as far as ethics and integrity and excellence goes, we're A-W-O-L. It also honors Krishna on Monday morning to get to work on time, be productive, and to look and to do your best each and every day. When you're excellent, your life itself is honoring and praising Krishna or God. Some people will never come to church. They'll never read scripture. They'll never listen to a minister but they're reading your life. They're watching how you react. They're watching how you live. Any connection that they're going to have to a higher path, that's meant to be you. We, as God-conscious people, are supposed to go the extra mile. In Sanskrit, there's two words, shreya and preya. Shreya is short-term advantage, and preya is long-term advantage. Animalistic, low-class people always think of the immediate advantage. But people of character plant seeds with an idea towards the long-term effect. Give you a little example. We used to do cookie sales outside of stores like bake sale in order to raise funds for the construction of this temple in the 80s. In fact, some people have jokingly called this the cookie temple because we sold so many homemade cookies. And, and of course, in the winter you go south. So I was somewhere in East LA at a Kmart, selling cookies at 10 o'clock in the morning. A Spanish lady comes out. She buys some cookies. Una paqueta, dos dollars, tres paqueta, cinco dollars, cacahuate, chocolate. So she paid her five or ten dollars and left. And I noticed a little green piece of paper in the corner of the table. So I went and looked at it closer. And it was a blank money order. The pay was not filled out. And it was for 360 dollars. This is 10 o'clock in the morning. She'd left it there. And I thought, well, she probably worked, you know, for many, many hours in order to earn that. That's the support of her family. And I just kept it. Normally, I'd knock off my bake sale about 5 o'clock or so. But she hadn't come back at 5 o'clock. And I thought, if I turn into lost and found, I mean, anybody could just fill in their name. So I stayed till 6 o'clock. And then I stayed till 7 o'clock. I'm thinking, there's nobody to buy cookies at 7 o'clock at night. Finally, she came. She said, did you see my money? Or I said, yes, here it is. And she was 
so happy. I could have easily rationalized, well, it's five o'clock, you know, she hasn't come. We could use the money, it's for God, $360, you know, we could do a lot for Krishna for $360. You know, I could have gone for the short term, but I passed that up, did the right thing, and I believe that those $360, because of that seed that I planted 25, 30 years ago, came back with interest, compounded in a million and a half dollar temple here. And now we're just about to start another million dollar temple in Salt Lake City. So when you look for the long term and you plant the right seeds and you pass up the quick hit, the fast fix, you can't even imagine down the road what kind of benefits and what kind of abundance that God sets aside for those people who are people of excellence. So let's make a resolution today. I'm not just going to do the minimum to keep my job. No, I'm going to do more than is expected of me. I'm supposed to show up at work at 8 o'clock. I'm going to show up 15 minutes early. If I quit at 5, I'm not going to start shutting everything down at 4 o'clock. I'm going to work till 5 o'clock. If you're a devotee, I'm not just going to chant my rounds, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. We have a regular morning practice where we chant while fingering our beads, engaging the sense of touch, and chanting, the, the lips, the ears, the eyes, we can look at a picture of the nose, engaging all five senses in absorption of the absolute name of God. So I'm not going to cut corners, or I'm not going to just chant when somebody's looking. I'm going to chant regardless. Some people in religious institutions, they do their service during the day, they go to the church or the temple or the mosque, and then they spend late at night Skyping with their friends watching Letterman, and then the next day they're all tired and grumpy and grouchy, and they give God the leftovers the next day. They get a task assigned to them by the leader, and they put it off until tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and that poor leader has to remind them again and again and again and again. And then these people wonder why they're not fulfilled in God consciousness. The reason is that God or Krishna doesn't reward sloppiness. He rewards excellence. Well, Chiram chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, declaring God's grace, and I'm asking him for service. That's okay. That's one part of it. But the other part of it is, are you getting to work on time? Are you doing more than you have to? Are you better this year than you were this time last year? Your temple or your company or your school should not get along nearly as well without you. You should be so skilled, so valuable, so productive, and so needed that they can't afford to lose you. So my question is, are you striving to get better or are you allowing yourself to get worse? If you're not improving, learning new skills, sharpening yourself up, then you're falling behind. I used to belong to a gymnasium and they had exactly this motto on their t-shirt. If you're not striving to get better, then you're allowing yourself to get worse. There's no medium ground. There's no such thing as treading water in life. I used to belong to this running club when we lived in Los Angeles. We ran every Saturday in Griffith Park. And we'd always end up at the observatory. And our motto was, when in doubt, go up. So we never had a specific route. We never ran the same route twice. But whenever we came to a fork in the road, we always took upward. And we always ended up at the observatory. So our encouragement is to take steps to grow. Whatever you do, get better at it. Take classes. Find a mentor, study ways you can be more productive, more efficient. Don't get stuck. 
Don't get stagnant. I have over 40 years experience in lecturing. And I started with some natural abilities. Some devotees pointed that out to me. They encouraged me. They inspired me. But I don't rely on natural ability. Before I give a class, before I presume to stand before you on a Sunday afternoon, I'm going to do research. I'm going to spend five or six hours preparing what I have to say so that my presentation to you can be the very, very best that I can give. And then I'll record it as I'm doing now. I'll listen to it afterwards. I'll listen to it tomorrow morning. I'll listen to it five or six times. I'll take it and I'll edit it before I put it up on a podcast. The point is to keep moving forward. Don't just rest on your laurels and get stuck. Keep moving forward. No one's ever complained about any of my lectures, but I want to keep getting better and better. I want each and every one to be better than the last, and I want the total legacy that I leave to be the best that it possibly could be. And I recognize that there's no substitute for preparation. It's one thing to preach to the choir, preach to fellow devotees, but to preach to skeptical people, atheistic people, agnostic people, people that have been burned by religious institutions, that we have to be very, very expert at. Someone might argue, well, with all this preparation, all this time you spend, true, the hall is not exactly filled every Sunday during your talks. Well, that's no excuse. We're not preaching to get followers or get a popularity. In the end, it's not people that determine our destiny, but it's Krishna or God. If Krishna is pleased by the care and the preparation, then the talk is successful, even if it's an empty hall. Prabhupada, in the early days of the movement, went to London the first time, and there had been five or six devotees who preceded him. They'd been in London about six months. For Prabhupada's first visit to London, they thought of renting the most prestigious venue, which was Conway Hall. Any number of famous people and musicians and concerts happened in Conway Hall. They spent a fortune to rent Conway Hall. They put up posters. Prabhupada came to London for the first time. Not a single person showed up. But what was Prabhupada's reaction? He didn't think, oh, why bother? Nobody's here. I'm really just preaching for crowd and acclamation and recognition. He gave an incredibly enthusiastic and fired up lecture just to the 15 or 20 devotees that were there. Because he was aiming to please Krishna, not people. And because he planted those seeds, it wasn't very long before on subsequent visits to London, he would be preaching before five to 10,000 people. We shouldn't want to be at the level we are this year at the same time next year. Next year, we want to be more skilled, more effective, making a greater difference. And who knows? If we continue to adhere and rise with a spirit of excellence, maybe this hall will be packed to capacity one day. Here's what I found. That favor, blessings, prosperity, abundance, joy, and peace go hand in hand with excellence. If you don't take care of what Krishna has given you now, how is Krishna going to bless you with more? I've been in mud huts in India where everything is spotless where the people didn't have much, but there was a spirit of excellence because they were taking care of what little they had. New or old, it doesn't matter. Take care of what God has given you. You ever seen someone driving a car with a muffler, sparks flying, hasn't been washed in six months, offenders? You say, why don't you do something with your car? Oh, 
I'll just wait until I get a new one. Well, maybe Krishna's not going to send a new one your way until you take care of the old one that you have. Did you ever think of that? How many times a day do we walk right past trash? And we think, well, someone must be hired to come along and pick it up. Or we think, I didn't throw the trash down. Why should I have to pick it up? How many times do we leave a room and we don't turn the lights out? Or we leave a water faucet dripping when a little turn would save God's energy. We don't turn down the heat at night when we're sleeping. We waste time late at night talking when the morning hours are so much more productive. How many opportunities do we miss in the little details of our lives to adhere to a standard of excellence? The temple building, just like the Mormon church or the mosque, represents God. It's, it's the body of God. It's the place where people come to worship Him. So whether you're Jewish or whether you're Christian or whether you're Mormon, you will make sure, if you're a person of excellence, that the restrooms are clean. That you don't drop your coats on the tables where people eat off. That you tidy up the counter of the gift store where people come to make their purchases. Krishna or God is not sloppy. He's not run down. He's not second class. He's a first class God. Now we don't have to have the best necessarily to represent God nicely. It just means that whatever we do have, take care of it in the best way that you can. Without excuses. Oh, this is the way I've always been. Nobody around really, really cares about these things. You're just nitpicking. Take the challenge today to stand out, to come up to a higher level. Krishna is a person of excellence. We're associated with him by chanting his holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Then we need to become people of excellences. We need to stir up that same spirit of excellence within us. When you're at the grocery store, something falls off the shelf, put it back. When you decided you don't want that cereal, don't stick it in with the detergent. Go back to where you got it and put it there. Return the shopping cart to a stall, even if it is a little cold and windy. Especially if it's cold and windy because it's going to run and dent someone else's car. Person of excellence doesn't park in a handicapped spot. Person of excellence adheres to all these little particular details, not because someone may or may not be watching, but in order to honor God. I heard about a minister in a grocery store. He had an important meeting at church with some of his sponsors, big donors. But his wife had asked him to pick up a few things at the grocery store, and he's running late. Parked his car, ran in, bought a bunch of stuff, came out at the checkout counter, threw $100 at the girl, got his change, got back into his car, turned the engine on, and looked at his change, and she had given him $50 too much. So he thought, God, I'm really late for the meeting. I can go to the meeting, come back later, give her the $50, or I could just keep it. I'm sure it's a big company, you know, Harmons, Macy's, Walmart, who cares, $50. Or I can be late for the meeting, I can take that back right now. He decided on the latter course, took it back, said, young lady, you gave me, accidentally you gave me $50, too much change. She said, I didn't give it to you by accident. I'm a single mother. I had a bad experience, judgmental church people. Haven't been inside a church for 10 years. Just something moved me last Sunday. I decided to drive around and find a church service to go to. I drove, I happened to come to your church. 
I came in and I sat in the back row, didn't talk to anybody. I heard your sermon about honesty and integrity. And then when I saw you in the aisles, I thought that I would put you to the test and see if you actually are a person of excellence, if you walk the talk, if you practice what you preached. And I want you to know I'll be back with my dog next Sunday. And the minister said to himself as he walked out, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Some of you are not seeing Krishna's favor like you should because you're not passing the small tests. Being excellent may not require huge adjustments. There may be some small things that need to be changed. Getting to work 15 minutes early. Cleaning up when you don't feel like. Picking up the trash. Here's the key. Don't let something small keep Krishna from releasing something big in your life. When you have a spirit of excellence, you don't compromise. You don't just go with the flow. You don't just do what everybody else is doing. You make the most excellent decisions. If you have to swim against the stream, you will do that. When you have a spirit of excellence, Krishna will give you unprecedented favor, creativity, wisdom that will cause you to stand out. You will outclass in humility those around you because you are who you are because you're keen on God and not on people. My question today is, are you distinguishing yourselves? Are you going the extra mile? Are you doing more than you have to do? Are you making the more excellent choices? Krishna, God, is always working with us to bring us up higher. Compared to a year ago, is there more excellence in how you treat people? Is there more excellence in how you present yourself? Is there more excellence in your career, in your devotional service, in your chanting? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari. You are called to be a cut above. You have excellence on the inside. Now stir it up and bring it out. If you do this, you will attract favor, blessings, satisfaction, joy, promotion, and you will attain the eternal association of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the very near future. Thank you very much for your kind attention. And if you receive this message, Please repeat after me. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Hare Hare.